darkness. We're glad that you're here. Um, you had no excuses this morning. It was, uh, <laughs> uh, but great to see, uh, great to see all of you. If you're listening online, we know that you're there, and we're glad that you're uh, tuning in as well. Uh, I just got back from Haiti, and it's it's just you know neat to be uh, able to sing with you guys this morning in English because that was quite the uh, quite the experience to to just be in a place out in the sun, dogs walking through the service, and singing in you know foreign language, and yet different groups of people, different languages, uh, different countries worshiping one God, our God, and He is amazing and deserving of praise. And uh, but again, there's nothing like coming home, nothing like being with you guys. So thanks for that this morning. Um, uh, being in Haiti, experienced some great adventures. Uh, we, as many of you know, we flew all the way home from Haiti in a four-seater Cessna airplane. It took uh, over 15 hours and landed in five different airports. And it was, uh, yeah, it was this little plane. He put Sea God on there, and boy, did we. Uh, there was... Um, there was, uh, it's, it's great experience to try once if you have a chance, but um, we were flying and uh, a lot of it was like some really just some great, great, uh, great experiences. But then kind of on the fourth leg of the journey, uh, my brother-in-law was helping to, you know, pilot the plane and I'm sitting in the back and I never get car sick. I never get motion sick, but this plane was like hit turbulence and it was all over the place. And I'm sitting in the back. I'm like, oh dear Lord, I am not going to make it. Like this is, this is not what I want. And they kind of look back and like, hey, want a Ziploc bag? Hey, want a Tim Hortons cup? And I'm like, just, 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 I'm like, dear Jesus, please let us land soon. And all of a sudden Russ is, you know, he, they, they think it's, they, they don't even realize I'm sick, but all of a sudden he's like, hey, there's an airport. Why don't we land a, you know, half an hour early? I'm like, thank you, Lord. And we, we get down and we land. I'm sitting in the back seat. They get out and like, are you okay? And I'm, I'm sitting there and I got like my, my uh, hand on my eyes. I'm like, oh, just give me a couple minutes. Just give me a couple minutes. I don't want to puke all over your plane, right? And, and so they go off and I drag myself out of the plane. I kind of like stumble across the tarmac and I'm like, I sit on one of those, um, these little uh, baggage buggies. I just sat there for like 45 minutes. I took gravel and I'm like, man, my wife always complains about this when I'm driving, and I'm like, you know, I, I, I always make fun of her. I'm like, it's all in your head. It's all in your head, right? And so I was like, oh, man, I got to text her and just let her know. I'm like, so I text her. I'm like, we hit turbulence. I'm so sick, and I send the green emoji face, and I'm thinking, she's definitely going to send back, oh, I understand. I'm praying for you, but she doesn't. This is what she sends back in my text. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly put me over the edge, right? For the... For those of you watching or listening online and missed that, that's Jim Carrey dry heaving. And, and I was like, oh, you know, like, God bless her, but she's in trouble when I get home. But uh, adventures, you know, really great adventures. And on the, on the airplane home, I'm just thankful to Chris for putting Gary's message online. Thankful for Gary speaking last week. Just a f- fantastic message on um, who do you say that Jesus is. And it was actually really painful for me to listen to. I put in my earbuds to see if I could listen to something while I was in the back, and then I put on the, the big headgear you got to wear when you're in those little planes, and the pressure was, like, so intense. After, like, five minutes, I'm like, it's pushing these earbuds, like, into my ear canal. I'm like, this is painful, but, but it was like, it was just so good. I couldn't turn it off, and so for 40 minutes, I listened to it, and then I took it off, and there was this big red imprint in the side of my face of an earbud, but it's just, it's just that good. It's so worth listening to, so if you weren't here last week, Please go online. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, message. I think every one of us can uh, be encouraged with. And so this morning, I just want to begin a new series, talk about something different. I want to talk about something that every single one of us uses uh, pretty much every single day. Some of you use it more than others. Uh, it's also something that gets, tends to get us in a lot of trouble sometimes. And you may uh, agree as soon as you hear the topic. But this, this, over the next little while, we're going to be talking about the tongue. The tongue. Some of you are like, oh man. But let me just ask a question. Has your tongue ever got you in trouble? 
No show of hands? You know, we live in a culture that's obsessed with political correctness, and you say the wrong thing, there's big consequences sometimes. For instance, last month, you may have read in the news about um, Haley Geftman Gold. She's a CBS lawyer. She was fired um, for saying that she wasn't even sympathetic to the victims in the Las Vegas shooting because country music fans are often Republicans. That's all she said, and yet she lost her job as a result. Good. Those country music fans. But, you know, that's the, the high price to pay losing a really good job and reputation just for a few words that were said. Maybe you remember from a few years ago, Charlie Sheen fired from two and a half men for making some anti-Semitic comments during an interview and all of a sudden done. And what I found really ironic was this one, Trump, Donald Trump, you know, the, the, the guy for The Apprentice who's like, you're fired is his famous tagline just before he began to, uh, his run for uh, the presidency. He had made some comments about Mexican immigrants that cost him uh, all of his uh, endorsements with, with um, uh, Univision, Macy's, Serta Mattresses, and even NBC that, that airs The Apprentice. They all cut ties with him. They all basically told him, you're, no, you're fired. All these things, big money was lost as a result of these little, this little thing called the tongue. And it's really easy to notice in other people if you just Google fired for saying, you will find Hundreds of illustrations of people who were fired for just saying something, and it, it costs them a lot. But it's not as easy to notice it in ourselves. I don't know if you know that, but you know, it's not as always easy to see that when it's us. We see it in others, but unfortunately for us, others see it very easily in us. And sometimes they, they share that with you. And I, I had the unfortunate experience of having that happen in my life a couple weeks ago. Um, we were at the cottage with uh, my family. Uh, up north just before I went to Haiti, and we're sitting the one uh, evening just chatting uh, on, the, on the couch, and my parents and I kind of got into this topic of spiritual matters, and uh, as we were talking, it kind of turned into like a heated debate, and so we're talking back and forth. We look around. Everyone else is gone. We thought they're, they're all around the fire. It's all good, and so for the next couple of hours, we were uh, talking back and forth about this, and then all of a sudden, my son Lincoln wanders into the room. He was, it's kind of one big room, but it's a little bit, you know, he was off on the side. We didn't see him there, and he walks in. He's like, I have a question. And we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, what's up, Link? And he's like, I forgot. We're like, okay. You know, no problem. You know, if, you, if it comes back to you, just raise your hand and, and, and we'll, uh, we'll give you another chance. And so he sits on the couch there and we start talking. We maybe got three words out and all of a sudden his hand goes up. And he says, he says to the three of us, he says, is this how you want to remember the cottage trip with you guys fighting the whole time? And all of a sudden we're like, Defense mode kicks in right away, though. We're like, we're not fighting, Lincoln. This is how adults talk sometimes. This is called a debate. You know, this isn't, this isn't fighting. And, and the reason it's loud is because Paca and Oma can't hear so good anymore. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm talking loudly. And this isn't fighting. And, but he's not buying it, right? He's sure, you know, you're fighting. As I laid in my bed that night and, 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 and other nights since then, the words that came to my head, I realized I'm not buying it either. There was words that came out of my mouth that I'm like, man, where did those come from? And I was, you know, as I thought about the words I said, I'm like, ah, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like that. that, that it was like, a, it's, it's a thing of, that's, that's not who I want to be. And so I decided while I was in Haiti, as I was laying in, a, in my bed in Haiti, thinking about it again, I'm like, I'm going to change that. I, this is not who I want to be. I'm going to be different when I get home. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch, you know, what I say and how I say things. And so the day after I got home, flying 15 hours, and, and uh, we get home, and the next morning, I'm, I think I'm chopping vegetables. I'd harvested the last of my barrel gardens, and I was chopping vegetables at the, at the island counter. And, and then all of a sudden, my boys, you know, they're bechfechten. If you're Dutch, you know, that's a great word. But they're arguing, right? Uh, and so so they're, they're arguing over here, and then um, 
my daughter's playing the piano over there. And finally, it just, like, it just got to me, right? And so I look at the boys and I yell, boys, stop fighting. And Reese, is that at half volume? Because it's got to be at half volume. I'm getting old. But uh, I, I yell, and all of a sudden, you know, the boy's like, eh. And Reese looks over, and she's like shocked and hurt. And all of a sudden, Finn's just going to cry just because everyone else is. And then, and then Beth looks over and just says, isn't it nice that daddy's home from Haiti, everyone? And we're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> And again, again, that, that voice comes on the inside. I'm like, this is not who I want to be. This is, like, how did that come out of my mouth? This is not, this is not who I want to be. And then I realized, you know, as, as I was being raised, that's not my, who my parents wanted me to be as either. And maybe you had the same thing. Our parents didn't raise us to have our tongues get us in trouble. You know, maybe you ever had that? You were talking, all of a sudden you, you, your dad's like, hey, you better watch your mouth, boy. Ever, ever have that? My dad didn't quite sound like that, but it just sounds cooler when you say it that way. And then you're like, you know, he says, you better watch your mouth. And you're like, yeah, dad, right. That's impossible, right? Because I can't actually see my lips. And he's like, don't get smart with me, son. And you're like, okay. Right? And he's like, you keep that up. What am I going to do? If they catch you saying bad words, what do they do? I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. And you're like, yeah, right. And then they did, right? Like, they they're like, take you to the bathroom. This kid's lucky because you don't actually have to taste the bar of soap as long as you leave it on your teeth. My parents are way too smart for that. They got like the pump with like the, the palm olive and just like it's in there and you're like blowing bubbles and like, but you know what? They wanted to clean up our mouths. It's too bad it doesn't work on adults because I think that would be awesome. But I would have just, I would have just took some soap in Haiti and I would have been good. But, but what I realized is that these things um, they, they, you know, they're, they're, they were trying to raise that out of me. And I think our parents, you know, if they did that to you, it was the same thing. And so every once in a while, my kids use language that they shouldn't, and they learned it from us. But uh, I'm like threatening them with, I'm going to, you know, we'll wash your mouth out with soap because maybe it'll work on them. But what I realized, so the first time I threatened Max with it, I'm like, I'm going to, you know, son, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. He's like, oh, good idea, Dad. I'll go wash my own mouth out with soap because it's super dirty. And, and I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I ate mud yesterday. And I'm like, oh, great, okay. This is not working. This is not. This, it just doesn't work. But maybe you've experienced the same thing that you're like, hey, I want to try and change this. I, want, I don't want my mouth to get me in trouble, but it just doesn't work. And maybe, maybe you've been fired for saying the wrong thing. Maybe not. Maybe you haven't had that big of a consequence. Maybe, you've, maybe you didn't get your mouth washed out with soap as a child. But I think if we ask ourselves, we could probably all agree that we've experienced some negative consequences in our lives because of things we've said. And in those moments, we realize that the words we use every day, that every once in a while, those words are just extremely powerful. And the writers of the Bible wrote a lot about the tongue. We're going to look at that over the next couple of weeks because they realized, even thousands of years ago, how powerful the words that we say are. Solomon, if you want to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 18 uh, in your Bible, Solomon, uh, known as the smartest man of his time, his wisdom has, has endured throughout the, throughout the ages uh, about three 3,000 years ago, these words were written. It's incredible. That's an incredibly long time, and yet it's pertinent for our lives today. If you struggle with, you know, the things that your mouth, that come out of your mouth, uh, Proverbs 18 is full of different things, and we'll look at a couple of them over the next few weeks. But this is what I want to look at this morning, Proverbs 18, verse 20. It says, A man's stomach will be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, and from the produce of his lips he shall be filled. What does that mean? Basically, for those who speak, um, they're, they're going to... Uh, they're going to be fed. They're going to see the, the consequences of how they talk. You know, you talk right, you're going to be around the right people. You talk wrong, nobody wants to be around you. You know, you ain't going to have a job if you tell your boss how you really feel, right? So he's saying these are the things that those who understand um, using their mouth well are going to uh, experience the fruit of that. And then it says this in verse 21, death and life. 
Those are pretty big words, so I, I just looked them up to make sure they were translated right, and the Hebrew word for death, it's actually death. And the Hebrew word for life, it's actually life. And we think about that, death and life, those are pretty big consequences. Death and life, it says, are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. The power of life and death are in the tongue. See, as a kid, we were always raised with that saying, sticks and stones won't break my bone, or may break my bones, but... Right. Names or words will never hurt me. You know, it's what your parents tell you, but it's the first lie they usually tell you, right? Because it's not true. And we know it's not true. And I, and I could just even ask you this question. If you were to, th- I bet you remember the last um, negative words that were spoken to you. I bet you believe the last hurtful words, or I believe that you can remember them, the last hurtful words that were said to you. It doesn't take much, you know. It's, maybe it was your spouse this morning. You know, maybe it was your kids, you know, on the phone the other night. Maybe it was a text you got. But you remember it. it. It does something to you. For some of you, you remember words that were spoken to you 25 years ago. You know, stuff dad said to you when you were just a little kid. Stuff other kids said to you when you were just a little kid. That's like, it's kind of always been there. It's this, it's this nagging thing. Why? Because there's some power in those words. But I also bet you remember the last encouraging words that were said to you as well. Somebody who just went out of their way to encourage you. And you're like, wow, I feel a lot better. You remember those moments as well. Why? Words are powerful. We, don't, we use them so often and we're so used to them that we don't often realize how powerful they are. But here's a few thoughts. Hitler dragged the world into war simply by speaking. And as a result, there's an incredible amount of death as a result of this man's words. Winston Churchill, in response, used words, speeches on the radio to inspire Britain and the troops of Britain and the countrymen of Britain to rise up and saying things, victory is our only aim. You know, we're going to fight. We'll fight for freedom. We're going to fight in the water. We'll fight on land. We'll fight in the air. We'll fight wherever we are, but we're fighting for victory. And it raised up this group of people who thought, you know what, that thing's just conquering everything to stand back and set people free. And there was, a, there was life as a result of those words. Literal death, literal life as a result of words. And for you, you may look at things and say, well, you know, I, I haven't really experienced like literal death and literal life as a, as, as a, uh, in relation to my words, but, but we experience life and death in different ways. Life and death when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to our dreams, when it comes to our future, when it comes to our friendships. You know, words have incredible, incredible power. Maybe you're a high school student and you think, you know, I, my words don't really have that much power. I'm not really that influential of a person. Do you realize that you're, with your words you can ruin someone's reputation just like that? Even if it's not true? It doesn't matter what it takes. It's the power of, of words. Maybe, you know, even the last couple of weeks, just talking to people, this has come up over and over and over again. You know, one man who's living out his life trying to trying to prove his dad wrong. His dad's words were, you'll never amount to anything. And everything he does in his life is trying to prove those words wrong. They're controlling his present. They're con- they've controlled his past. They're controlling his future as well. Simple, powerful words. You know, marriages that uh, have find it so easy to use hurtful words, to remember hurtful words and be able to spit those out, no problem. And then there's these other words that are just so difficult to say. Words like, I'm sorry. It's my fault. I was wrong. And yet some of those words hold incredible power for redemption. You know, I saw in Haiti last week, I just had this, uh, was working in the depot in the shop, and, and we had to turn our tools off because this woman walked in. She needed an interpreter. 
And through the interpreter, she was telling the guy running the place, she, she had said, you know, a couple of years ago, you came to my house and you took a picture with me at my house. And they had, and her house had been in ruins. Uh, she's really got very little of, of a house left as a result of the earthquake. And, and they had been by, by her place. And she came and she said, you know, are you guys able to build my house this year? And the guy had to tell him, and this is the part that I could hear clearly, is he said, you know what, we, we didn't raise money to do houses this year, and we actually aren't planning to raise money to do houses anytime soon, and we don't have enough money to help fix your house now. And I watched her face as the interpreter said it to her, the power of those words of hope being deferred, and just her face dropping. And the negative side effects of those words were so, so powerful in her life and for her future. And as she walked away, even the guy who had to tell him turned around and you could just see on his face, he's like, those are the hardest conversations we have to have here in Haiti. The need is so great and yet the power of the words that he even spoke and how it affected him. Why? Because the words are powerful. met a man recently whose daughter and him are estranged because of words that have been spoken between them. And he's like, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to have the chance to say, I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm ever, she won't talk to me, so I can't make it right. I can't go back and undo what I've done. And so we all know, you know, there's life and there's death and the power of our tongues. And James, the brother of Jesus, wrote a lot about it as well. And for some, you're like, well, what do I do? What do I do with that? If my tongue has got me into trouble, what do I do? James chapter 3, verse 2 says this. You can follow along if you have your uh, Bible open. He, uh, he writes this. He says, indeed, we all make many mistakes. And we're like, amen to that. And then he says, for if we could control our tongues, if we could control our tongues, if we could control the words we say, we would be perfect and would also um, be controlled in every other way. You know, our lives would be in complete control if we could just control this tongue. And so it's like that thought of saying, you know what, you want to be perfect, you want life to be all together, it's, you got to do something about this, this, uh, the words that you're saying. If you can master your tongue, you'll be a perfect man. You're like, okay. But then he goes on to say this just a few verses later. In verse um, 7, he says, People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. No one can tame the tongue. And and that doesn't leave a whole lot of hope for any of us. Then he says, It's restless and evil. It's full of deadly poison. Verse 9, he says, Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. Sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this isn't right. You know, you read those words, no man can tame the tongue. And maybe you've tried, like me. You know, maybe you've tried to stop cursing. Uh, and it's like, you just like, you know, you, you're driving, you got your Timmies, you hit a bump, you spill it on you, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, Bob Saget, or whatever swear word you choose to use, right? Whatever comes pouring out. Like, it's just, like, it's just there, and you're like, oh. And you realize, man, it's, it's not as, as easy. Why? Well, if you study science, you study the way the brain works, our emotions travel 80,000 times faster than our cognitive thoughts. So the thought that's going to stop you from dropping whatever bomb you drop is actually, is this milliseconds behind the moment that that emotion is there. And for some of you, you're like, that's my excuse. I'm telling you, it's milliseconds, all right? It just takes us a split second of pause before you have the opportunity to say or not to say. And for some, you say, you know, well, James said it. He's a brother of Jesus. We've got to trust him. No man can tame the tongue. It's, that's my excuse, you know. I, I just can't help it. And though that's, though that's true that he says that, he goes on to say in verse 10, we just read it, that blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth, and surely, my brothers and sisters, this isn't right. He's like, yes, that's what happens, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. He says, we don't see that anywhere else. He's, he goes on to describe a few things in the next verses. He's like, you don't see olives growing on fig trees. 
It's for figs. He says, you don't see figs growing on a grapevine. You don't see fresh water coming out of a salty spring. So why do these cursing and blessing come out of the same mouth? And just because it is that way in our lives sometimes doesn't mean it's supposed to stay that way. Just because it is that way sometimes doesn't mean it's supposed to stay that way. So as I look around, whether you raise your hand or not, I'm in the pool with you. But we all admit that there's times in our lives where our tongues are a bit of a problem. And we wonder, what can we do about it? If he says it shouldn't be that way, but no man can tame the tongue, what do we actually do about it? Do you ever wish you could go back? Do you ever, do you ever have that moment where you're like, I wish I could just go back in time and say it differently? That's the thought that I had as I, was, uh, as I was thinking about that conversation with my parents. I wish I could go back because maybe I'll say the same things, but I won't say it in that tone. Or maybe, you know, there's some of those things, I would probably change the way I said I didn't need to say some of those things. Do you realize that today was daylight savings time? And you actually got to turn back time? You actually got to do what we all wish and hope that sometimes we'd have the chance to do. You know, from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock, you actually had the chance to do that twice. And what did you do with it? You wasted it sleeping, like all of us, right? We had that one rare opportunity to go back and and turn back time. And uh, we didn't, we, you know, that amazing opportunity. But I asked that question, what if I could turn back time? You know, if I could find a way, I'd take back those words that hurt you, and you'd stay. If I could reach the stars, you know, you see where I'm going, right? But that, that thought, even, even it's so in us that people even sing about it. Cher wrote those words. You know, if I could turn back time, if I could find a way, I'd take back the words. Because words are like weapons, and they wound sometimes. And for some, you've experienced that, the wounding of words. And you're like, what do I do with that? For some, you're living with relationships that feel forever damaged because of words that were spoken. The reality is we can't turn back the time. The reality is we can't go back and say it differently. And the reality is true as well that we can't really make up for all the words that we've said back there. We can say other ones, but isn't it true how they sort of those, those other words that we said originally still linger in their hearts and in their minds? And the unfortunate reality for some is that you have run out of time to ever go back and make it right. The person is no longer here or there's no possible way for you to share those words. So my question for us as we introduce this topic is don't we owe it to ourselves and the people that we care about to think a bit more about the words that we use? I know I do. I owe it to my wife and I owe it to my kids and I owe it to my parents and I owe it to you to think, at least think a little bit more about the words that I use. Why? Because we don't often stop to think about them. We just simply do life. It's our reality. And so as we, as we talk about that, well, like, how do we fix it? How do we fix it? Well, the good news is we're going to have an altar call at the end of the service this morning for all of you who struggle with your tongue. We're going to pray for you and we're going to put palm olive in your mouth and you should be good after that. If only... If only, right? If only it was that simple that you never have to put your foot in your mouth again. How can I tame my tongue, you ask? Well, the good news is we're going to talk about it next week. So you definitely don't want to miss coming back next week to, to find out what is it and where do these things come from and what's going on in my life because we, we, we suffer consequences as a result. But I do have a challenge for you this week. It's a challenge for me and I have a challenge for you in the same, same way that those parents would say, hey, watch your mouth. I want to challenge you with that thought this morning. You know, I know you want to watch the baby because they're so cute and they're all over the place in here. And I see eyes and all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, I wasn't watching the baby. But I, this morning, I see you. You have no idea what I see from up here. <laughs> the challenge this week is this. If you forget everything else, I want you to watch your mouth. I want you to just listen to what actually comes out. 
don't, don't, don't try to fix it this week because you're just going to be disappointed. But in the thought of saying, what's actually coming out of my mouth? Am I speaking life? Am I speaking death to things? Am I speaking encouraging words or discouraging words? Am I speaking things that are positive? Am I speaking negative? What's actually coming out of my, out of my mouth? And, uh, you know, like I said, I challenge you not to try and do anything. I heard about the guy who was like, every time he's trying to stop swearing, he'd snap his fingers in a mousetrap every time he swore. And all he ended up with is swearing problem and sore fingers. So, this, you know, this morning, the thought for you guys is that, and people have tried different ways. Some have taken a book and write a little note in there, and, you know, every time they, they, they swore, and then they go back and they look. It's just depressing. But all I want you to do is just to simply take some time to slow down and listen to what we actually are saying because it's revealing something about us. Something really, really important for, for now and for our future. And next week we're going to talk about where it comes from and what to do with it. But one last thought. You know, as we talked this morning quite a bit about the words that negatively affect our lives and hurt our lives, there are some words that have the power to change your life. There are words that have the power to save your life. You know, the fact is that each and every one of us has to deal with this little tiny word called sin, which actually has huge consequences in our lives. You know, it wrecks everything on this planet. It's what causes sickness and death. It's, it's the thing that's causing all the problems, but every one of us, we all have it. You know, we've made mistakes. Even if you don't believe in God, and like, I, I don't think I've let God down. I don't believe in God. I would challenge you to ask yourself, have you let yourself down? Have you ever said, I'm never going to do that again, and you did it? We all know. That creates this problem for us because one day we are going to face God and we are going to stand before him and he's going to ask us to give an account of how we spent our lives and what we did with that. But the truth is that in the powerful words is that God sent his son to pay that price for us, to connect us back in relationship with Heavenly Father, to do what we couldn't do. Because for some you think, you know, I know I got stuff in my past that's no good, but I'm trying to make up for it, I'm trying to be a better person. I'm going to church. In the same way that those words we spoke that were powerfully negative and we can't say enough I'm sorry's or whatever to make up for it, it's the same for us. We can't do anything to get good with God. And that's why he sent his sons, why he did it for us. And so this morning, I would encourage you to use some powerful words, these ones, that say, Jesus, I believe that you're God. I believe that you came and died on a cross because of me and for me. I believe you took my sin I believe that, that you uh, have the power to, to make my life right and to make me right with you. And God, I, I believe that and want to live my life for you as you're the one controlling my life and not me anymore. I know that I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. Whatever of those words, speaking those to him, have the power to save and change your life because he said it. And I would encourage you to take him up on that offer this morning for your eternity and for your life here on this planet. For those of us that are followers of Jesus, I'd encourage you to follow his words saying, hey, the things that come out of your mouth matter. And to take some time this week for him and for others to watch your mouth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I mean that. I'm really thankful for your word. It messes with me sometimes. And I don't always love that. But I'm grateful that you haven't given up on me, that you're continuing to work in my life. And in the lives of those here. So together we come as uh, your kids, thankful that you've called us your children, that you sometimes use these things to just discipline us a little bit and correct us and help us to, to walk in the right way, that our lives might be affected, but that others may as well. 
And so, Holy Spirit, as we leave this place, thank you that you go with us. That is, we leave this place listening for what we're saying. God, I pray you help us to listen for what you're saying, that we would recognize your voice as we encounter others this week and that they might hear your voice through us. Father, we love you because you first loved us, and thank you for that. It's in your amazing name that we pray. Amen.